Saying low, Apple Music. It is time for the 44th conversation right here on the interview series. And it's the second conversation on this podcast with Hayley Williams. And hopefully there'll be many, many more. You know, these don't really feel like conversations that are attached to the release of music, even though they are. There's a brand new Hayley Williams solo album, which is an incredible collection of songs that vividly details the whole experience of heartbreak, investing in something or someone so much and then it being taken away for one reason or another. How do you feel the next day and the day after that and the day after that? This, alongside a selection of classic albums, really serves the purpose of explaining and describing what that feeling feels like. And the music and performance is, of course, absolutely incredible. All performed and produced by Haley herself. It's, a, it's an incredible achievement, but we don't spend a huge amount of time talking about the ins and outs of that whole process when we speak. We sort of catch up and talk about just the human experience what inspires the music and kind of where it comes from and she's such a compelling conversationist that it you know an hour can fly by and you haven't even talked about the drums or the guitars or what that song means or this one or that one and you know for me these are the kind of conversations that allow me to better understand the whole process of what goes into making the music and where it comes from you know you can hear it in the songs it's laid out but what's going on behind the scenes well Hayley Williams has always been very honest and transparent about that I appreciate it I appreciate you checking this out this is my latest chat with Haley Williams right here on the interview series. Time to talk, my friend. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Thank you for the therapy. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, I'm good. It's kind of like overcast here today in old Nashville. I'm, I'm like, I'm one of those people in the winter. I definitely need to take like five times the vitamin D because I get right. seasonal effective. I'm just, anyway, I'm getting through it though and, and actually feeling better. Good. Well, I, I personally love a bit of winter. I mean, it's one of the things mm. I missed about leaving the UK was this, this kind of very defined gloomy period where you got a chance to actually just sink inside and just internalize things a little bit more rather than just be mocked by eternal sunshine. <laughs> yeah. Because sunshine can mock you. Yes. Kind of. If you're in a terrible mood and you go outside and it's sunny, it's like, you. That's so true. When I lived in LA, I felt like that. I, I mean, I do think when you have something all the time, you just inherently take it for granted. But uh, living in LA for three years, I didn't, I like, I really hated that everything looked happy all the time. I totally forgot you lived like, in LA. Wow. I, wh- what? <laughs> Why? I know. I know. It doesn't fit me. I didn't know. Is it work? Did it work? I don't know. I tried. Oh, listen, I tried a lot of things for me that just didn't work. <laughs> it took a while, but yeah. I, I figured it out. And you have to keep figuring it out. That's the point, right? The whole point is it's all yeah. just one big thing. It's all one big process, one big journey, right? There are no results here. Um, and the closest we can get are, are realizations with, you know, through what, whatever channel you choose to better understand where you stand. And you've done this so amazingly. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know whether you just want to focus on the EP. I mean, they sent me the whole album. I'll, I'll follow whatever narrative you want to follow today. We can do it in two parts. We can do it in one part. Whatever you want. I'll talk about the music. God, I'm, I am so grateful for you. <laughs> like every, t- every time. You don't understand. You're like a healing balm for every interview that ever went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really exhausting me. sorry i am so sorry oh my god what do you want to talk about well i am gonna like i mean therapy was good this week all that i'm gonna put out the whole record at one time we we toyed with like maybe going off of like what we did with pedals for armor but i think there's a lot that we could talk about i i think 
I'm really, really proud that I played everything on it. And I'm also really, really proud that this album is what I have to show for surviving a year that was tough for everyone. And I, I mean, no matter if, you know, real and very personal things kept happening to everyone and global things happened to the collective micro macro that's what it was and that's what it took us a while to get our head around was yeah i'm feeling this but normally when i feel this i can just yep. kind of prioritize my feelings over everything else yeah and the really hard thing i think was for people to recognize that it was tough for the individual and for the for the micro for the family and the friends around you but what is that in context on a global pandemic and through infinite social and social economic struggles and, and equality mm. fights for equality, racial equality, you know, mm. the fights continue. And so how do, how do I feel when I feel low, when the whole world is going through that? Yeah. At first I will say there was a comfort in knowing that like, Everyone was kind of, for millions of reasons, everyone was just low. And then then it got to the point where it was like, I don't want to ask anyone how they're doing. And I don't want anyone to ask me how they're doing. And it's not because I don't care, but it's just, it. it I don't know. There got to be a point where it was like, oh, fuck, like everything feels like it could be, could not be a trauma. Like, yeah. It opens the door to something. I don't know if I'm prepared for the answer. Right. And I don't even know <laughs> yeah. if I'm prepared to answer the question. And yet somehow yes. you were able to find the courage to make music throughout that. Now pedals for arm is a whole other thing. Cause that was well underway by the time everything really started to shift. This record is yeah. a true reflection of what last year felt like for you, starting with the mm -hmm. point of you playing everything. Yeah. You've done an incredible job on this record. I mean, you've, you know, everyone mm -hmm. knew you could play everything, but you've always been a band human being. So you've always been the kind of person that mm. likes to hear other people play around you and to collaborate. Yeah. So having that feeling and that confidence to be able to do it yourself, you know, what mm. was the, what was the activation point for you wanting to do that and not lean into some of the players who helped you on pedals? Well, I mean, number one, I wasn't seeing anyone really. I was very, I, I stayed more isolated than I, I stayed really isolated. <laughs> I, I I forget how lonely some of those days were. Um, and that, you know, as I realized I had written a bunch of songs, I, I, I really didn't even think, cause you know, I was doing those self serenades all the time, just like playing covers on Instagram and posting those up for people to, to have, or, you know, I like it, they weren't, a lot of them weren't popular songs. It was just things that were bringing me comfort. And then sort of a few months went by and I realized like, Oh, fuck, I've been writing my own stuff. And I wasn't, I thought I'd be on tour right now in another country, probably like so bored of room service and like all the things we took for granted. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a lot of ways, it was still about diving deeper into being okay with taking something into my own hands, which, you know, I've had problems with in the past, just like really owning something and not like deflecting or, um, being all about the other, but really being proud that I can, um, I can house myself and I can do things within myself and with my own hands. I, I mean, I feel like I got better at guitar, which was cool. I haven't had this much time to play guitar since I was a teenager before we started touring. And that, that was also just really therapeutic. 
It's funny you talk about the idea of being able to house yourself, take care of your own craft, um, be responsible for your own inspiration and not necessarily feel like you need other people to help you bring that out of you. Did you always feel deep down now you've achieved it and this is no shade on anyone else you've ever collaborated with or who's been in Paramore, but do you recognize now that you always had that in you, you just didn't want to acknowledge it, that you always knew you could do it, but you didn't want to acknowledge it? That's a good question. Um, I want to say that I'm split 50-50 because I'm not a super confident player. I never have been. Like anytime I've ever played with the guys or just played around, you know, they're like, "Oh, you should play a little harder, like play louder," you know? <laughs> and I'm just so uh I tend to be kind of timid, you know? And and so I think that has always been true and it's still it's still true. <laughs> I mean, thank God I like recorded most of these guitars direct because there was just no room for loss there, but with tone and all that. So I, I mean, I I think the other half is that I can remember being nine years old and getting like a little play kit drum set, you know, and, and being able to just spend an entire weekend locked in my room playing drums to albums that I listened to. It was probably Hanson or something (laughs) at the time, but like, I, I just the drums on the Hanson projects were surprisingly tough. You need to go back and listen to those Hanson projects. Those drums didn't play. All right, if you're gonna write pop listen. songs that big, you gotta put you gotta make sure the kicks and the drums snap. You're right, and also I was devastated later when I found out that they recorded Zach Hanson and then they recorded over Zach Hanson what? for their debut album. This is was, new to me. Yes! I was so pissed. It's it's really sad. It makes me sad. He's eleven. He's eleven. But you think about the, 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 I mean, okay, that's a loop for a start. But when the drums kick in, the drums kick in. They've got there's some bump to this. Sh- Listen to this. Sh- oh. There's no fucking way an eleven year old kid's playing that. I mean, come on. Well, who, who are we kidding? Oh, who are we kidding? It was probably it was probably Josh Freeze. It was probably Josh Freeze. <laughs> Oh, and he's really, he's wicked. Have you met them? One time. Yeah, yeah one hold time. up. <laughs> what? <laughs> did you, did you, did you hold it's it together? Not... Did you compose yourself? Okay. Yeah, I have was... so many questions right now. Number one, were you in Paramore? You must've been, you don't get backstage unless you're in Paramore. Yeah. Okay. So hang on. What, what era Paramore are we talking about here? Self-titled. So you're already a thing. So you're rolling up, knocking on the bus, and like, "Hey, what's up?" It's Haley from Paramore. <laughs> oh, this is too good. <laughs> they were like, they came to our bus, and they were like, "Hey, we saw your bus, and we asked some of the people that were because you know I'm sure all the crews were probably hanging out in the lobby bar or something. Sure. Like we asked who who it was, so we wanted to come say hi and bring you some of our beer. It's called Mmm Hops, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> Did you trip? Did you was your mind just all over the bus? It was so. First of all, I did not think we this conversation would go this way today with you. But get out of the way; yeah. it's happening. <laughs> I honestly, I think I was old enough and and far enough removed that I could actually be there and just appreciate that. Like, oh, these are dudes around my age. They've been doing this since they were eleven, and and they're really fucking talented it honestly was kind of a like it was it sort of blew my mind and then also at the same time just felt so normal and i and in i was your like oh, head. Yeah, fuck. in reality you're like sitting there going <laughs> these guys are normal they're about my age they're really fucking, oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
Mind you, I didn't even drink at the time, and you know my ass tried it. Like, at the time, I didn't drink. I was like, oh, no, I don't <laughs> I don't put poison in my body. Give me some of that mm hops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Give me some of that mm hops. Yo, this, this shit tastes awful, but goddamn, you guys make funky pop songs. <laughs> I wish I remembered what it tasted like, but... Oh, I'm I'm many beers in now. Watch the watch the segue. The drums on this record, whilst they don't make retain the funkiness of of a Hanson, that that, that nine year old child who's learning how to play drums in your bedroom, yeah. you went there mm-hmm. and you pulled that person back into the in, into today, right? Because the drums on this, whilst yeah. spare, are phenomenal. Um, the feel mm, and drums is you. it's really really hard to make drums follow the feeling. Of, of instruments that are a little more emotive, like a piano or a guitar, and most certainly a voice. It's hard, man, to make a drum yeah. add value to that without just keeping a beat. Really tough. Oh, and I'm really hard to, to please with it too because I'm in a band with my favorite drummer in the world. Yeah. So it's like I really <laughs> – yeah, I, I was always going to be hard on myself. But I also – with all of the instruments, I was I was easy enough on myself to understand like – Look, this actually, like doing all this is just fun for me and I don't have to play it perfectly. And I I recorded, I recorded this with my friend, Dan, um, who wrote Dead Horse with me and Roses Lotus, Violet Hours with me and Taylor, um, that he produced this and we did this in, in this room that I'm sitting in right now in my house. And I just told him, I was like, look, be as hard as you need to be on me when I'm playing. But also, I, like, I'm not going to be pissed if you, like, nudge something because I just fucking couldn't get something right. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I didn't, I just tried not to agonize over it and really let myself play. Because I, I think that's, like, that is real healing is when you are a grown adult and you can still remember how to how to play like a child and and enjoy something for what it is. Well, I'm glad you used that word because the album itself is a whole process through healing, I think. Um, listening to it lyrically, you've left nothing off the table. And I commend you for that um, because as a, as, a, as a writer and a performer and an artist, you know, you captivate your audience. Um, a lot of people perform for their audience. You definitely have an audience that is drawn into you as a human being. And, and I can imagine at times that's meant that you felt like you needed to protect yourself, even from the people who love you the mm-hmm. most, but you've really yeah. dropped the guard on this one and you've let yourself completely wide open in a vulnerable way. I feel we have Thanks. to just sort of touch on some of the subject matter and lyrics on this album, but I, I sort of want you to pick it up. Yeah. I don't want to ask a question. I want to follow you. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, um, this, the album is is obviously um, as good of a picture of heartbreak as I could do, <laughs> as and you I, hear. I think, I think. Ooh, yeah. And also, I realized as I was kind of untangling a lot of knots in myself um, that I there are just so many ways that I learned how to love that were not right and unlearning something that you're 31 years in on is really tough. And so some of the stuff that I talk about on pedals for armor, it's like, I'm still in those processes. And honestly, if we had toured pedals for armor, I probably wouldn't have gotten to get to the underbelly. Like I probably thought I was there and I wasn't even close. You were ready for more distraction, right? You were ready for more like applause and more lights and more like, Oh, this is really great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Because, because, being out there and being so busy all the time and having people, you know, even though there are times it feels you feel naked because there's a lot of eyes on you, it's the most 
insulated that I ever feel is being on tour. So one of my favorite songs on the record is called In Ordinary. And the reason that I uh, have such a, a reaction to it is that I, I think I started talking about something small and, and like an incident in my life. And then it kind of blooms into, you know, it goes from like belo- wanting to belong to someone and then belonging to a lot of people and then belonging with somebody and then realizing, oh man, I, I can barely remember what it feels like to just belong to myself. And I got to kind of experience a a long period of time in this, however many minutes this song is. And I'm really, really proud of that. I, I always reference back to my seventh grade year when mom and I moved to Nashville. We kind of, um, we, we did run away, like quite literally. And we, we came here for, to seek refuge. And we also had some family friends in town and that's kind of how we got on our feet here. But that's when everything in my life opened up. That's when I met the guys. That's when music became within reach for me. Like, right, I learned to play the guitar. And, you know, it just, I'm really proud of this album because it's as much of a songwriter's album as I've ever made. Um, It's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I wrote these songs just on my acoustic guitar by myself and had voice memos of them, and then they, it turned into an album. I know that's the process, but your subconscious is somehow painting a picture, whether you realize it or not. It's not just random brushstrokes. Mm-hmm. Like when you listen to it at the beginning, it's there is no other song that could have started this album and there's no other song that could have ended it, yeah. right? And, yeah. you know, when, so when it comes to putting it together like that, mm-hmm. there must have been times when you just felt really, well, a whole lot of things, but in particular scared because it's such a story it's not just a random selection of songs that you can order to distract and keen ears will pick it up you've written it almost chronologically i feel in your own mind yeah yeah i will say there's a couple of songs that that are years old and and i went and dug dug through um like uh the last song on the album i started I don't know, sometime in 2018. But so that's after laughter time. That's after laughter time. Yeah. And, and Wow. And so that chorus, that idea of no more songs for the masses, what's going on there? Well, I mean, uh, when I love someone, when I feel love for someone, I'm like, man, my feelings are sometimes too big for my body. Like, you know me, I'm a very small person. <laughs> Um, but my feelings get away from me and they become this very large entity that I sometimes feel like I can't control. And, um, and that's, that's made certain things feel harder for me than they are. Right. And that's not to say my feelings aren't valid. It's just that they're not always 100% reality of what's happening to me, you know? And and I think I take heartache or um, d- general deep sadness about you know my story and things I've endured or things I've watched my mother endure. I take those things so deeply to the heart that it feels like this will be the end. This will be 
And and I I use that picture in that song that you're talking about, you know, one last chorus and talking about no more music for the masses. Feel my heart crack open, one last chorus. I'm singing into empty glasses. That's because I was drinking a ton. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just plain and simple. But no more music, no more music for the masses is kind of like I am not, I'm not able, I don't have the strength for myself. So how can I have the strength for this thing that I'm, you know, kind of expected to do? I wondered about that because you talk about this person who's, who at times has a very timid nature and it comes to actually expressing yourself, especially in light of other people's ability. And yet you find this courage and confidence to go out on stage. And I've seen Paranormal Man. I mean, when you come out, it's just like this bolt of lightning. And I, and I wonder what it Mm. takes out of you or how you prepare yourself to actually be that person who makes sure everyone has a good time and gets the Paramore experience, Mm. especially. And I don't, I don't want to, by the way, I don't want to ruin it for people. I don't want people to know when they see you live again, that there's this like, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not true, <laughs> but if we can find some, with some, some kind of balance in the answer of, of how you get there, how do you get there? How do I get to the stage or to the opposite? Yeah, so how, yeah who drives you to the stage? You go on a buggy? Do you go on a minivan? No, I mean, <laughs> like what is the, how do you sort of put on the costume, the superhero armor to be able to go out there and be that person and then know that, 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 that it's not necessarily like there are show offs, man. There are people who go on stage who are literally like, I'm born to do it you know, and they'll be like that <laughs> yeah, off stage. Man. Whereas you are a contradiction in that regard, I, I feel. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, that's like a, an uncomfortable thing about me that I feel like I can feel the push and pull of it. Oftentimes when I have to go between something that I'm doing that might be very public facing and then my life at home with my family or my friends, I, I, I do think that there is something incredible about the energy that being you know, in solidarity with your friends on a stage and playing a show, it, it, that brings me a lot of strength that I don't credit to myself maybe as much as I should. Cause I, I do know that it's in me all the time, but I, I guess I just don't tap into it. I, I, I heard Dolly Parton say this really incredible quote recently about, I think she was talking more about business, but it kind of applies here. She was talking about how she tries to she tries to strengthen the muscles around her heart, but her heart is her heart can't get hard. It has to stay soft and it has to stay really open, which means you can feel hard and you hurt, but you've got to fi- like I'm in it right now. I'm just trying to figure out ways to strengthen myself despite the things I've been through, despite like everything I wrote about with pedals for armor and things that I wrote about on this record, like. I am a a very strong, resilient person, Um, but it just comes with the territory, I guess, for me that when a feeling comes, when it, when, when it happens, it's, you know, it's possible that it can take me out if I don't understand how to harness it. I never knew you and your mom ran to Nashville. I mean, I, 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 you know, with this being hints to the stories, I don't realize that it was literally pack your bags. We're out of here. Oh yeah. You know, I, I wonder kind of how much that is reflected in your career choice. Let me qualify that mm. that that statement. You know, you go searching for a new family, and you find a, and you find a, a way to run every day. Yeah, <laughs> I'm addicted to the to the feeling. That's something I work on. We got to get out of here. We're done. Like yeah. the show's over. Next stop. You'd be hard pressed to find someone better prepared or or proactive 
in times of crisis. Like when, when the shit hits the fan, find me because I will figure out how to, we will not leave a trace. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's, it's because of the shit that I, I don't even think it's all because of things I actually went through physically with my mom, but I think that it's, um, it's almost like my mom and I have been talking a lot about the concepts of generational trauma and generational prayer. And I think generational traumas come up a lot because of what we've talked about over the past year. Finally, more and more people are willing to talk about systemic racism, right? And what this has done to a lineage of folks. But for me, even just within my own family story, the women went through a lot of sh- way before I was an idea, you know, and certainly before I was born. And you know, I, I think I just picked up on that at a young age and we actually ran to Nashville two times. And the first time we kind of got found and you would think like, oh, you're not, you shouldn't go back to the same place. But we, for whatever reason, Nashville was the spot. Like my mom, we, b- both of us, I loved music. I really wanted to be here. I, I don't know. I, I think my mom is a super brave and super resilient person. And I, I'm grateful to have that, um, that North star sometimes, because when I don't feel resilient, I can kind of look at what she's been through and be like, that's in me, you know? You know, the early impressions of Paramore when you first came out was that, and we spoke about this a little bit, but not in relation to this conversation was that, you know, you were born to do it and that it was recognized within someone, potentially your mom or someone else. And everything was built around this ambition that you, this desire that you had to be a musician and a performer and that it was all just kind of like all roads lead to Haley. That was kind of the way Paramore was positioned amongst, I would say probably either the insiders or at worst, the cynics. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I wonder when you think back to that moment, you just talked about, I wanted to be a musician. My mom chose Nashville, all the pictures and the pieces come together in that moment, whether mm-hmm. or not there was less cynical, but more purist, this kind of mm-hmm. manifestation of a new destiny based around your passion. Oh yes, man. Yes. I, I don't, I don't think of the move to Nashville so much about um, my career, you know, in context of my career as much as I do in context of survival. Like it, it gave my mom and I um, a chance to live in a more peaceful um, home. And, you know, my, the rest of my family, my dad's side of the family eventually came up to Nashville. And, um, you know, my mom and my dad had been divorced for a long time at that point and they were friends. So yeah, it was a really, it was a beautiful, magical time that time, which, and that's, that's why I bring it up in that song in Ordinary, because I feel like I really became a person then. And it felt like the ideas, the wild dreams that I had as a kid weren't that crazy anymore, you know? And then they become reality and yeah. then a whole lot of other new problems start to eventuate, right? And so that is just a little, <laughs> right. yes. that is just a, that is just a beautiful little window, a little moment in time where it's pure before it becomes like, mm-hmm. wow, that old adage of be careful yep. what you wish for, because, it, because it's not going to solve everything. That's the thing. No, no, everything. We always talk about it with touring, you know, like when we used to tour, <laughs> whatever you pack up and drive away from you know, on that bus, you come back to it at the end of the tour. Like you're unpacking your clothes and like, it's all still the same, you know, and to make it even worse, the rest of your friends and the people that are home, they keep moving, you know, they keep on living their home life, their personal life. So yeah, that window of time 
when I, you know, those super formative years as it already, plus being introduced to new music and having this real freedom, you know, for my mom and I to feel really free and joyful. That window of time was so special. And I think back to it all the time, especially when shit gets really complicated. It sounds like the last 12 months, there's been complications, as you said, on a global level, but you've had to, you've had to navigate and you've had to charter a path through this. You did so through music. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I feel compelled based on the quality of the songwriting and the amazing ability to be able to capture heartache on this album. It feels very, very fresh. It feels very real. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I've ever truly, you know, never really asked this question before, which is what does it feel like when you are experiencing it? in a very, very real, very fresh way, but you're actually navigating your way through it creatively as opposed to stewing in it, which most of us do because we don't have the option to write. And even people who do often choose not to Mm -hmm. until they have some clarity of thought. I don't feel like there's a lot of clarity of thought here except everything that you're experiencing in the moment. Mm. I'm normally that type of artist that you're talking about. I'm normally one who likes to have hindsight kind of information you know to to build a song with well that's where your imagination lives <laughs> you know that's where yeah. you can incorporate yeah. a little bit of like uh, the facts are the facts depending on which way you look at it yeah but i don't get a lot of that here it's so raw oh man well yeah it, it's hard for me to to listen to which i i i told you you know it's not it's not a record i'm gonna like pop on and be like oh what a shame. Feels great. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, I lived it. And also at the same time, it's like, it's, it is, it is so raw and so of the moment, but it also is such a culmination of all the lessons I've learned throughout like multiple relationships that just were, that, that just felt like I was, my own body was like eating itself. You know, it just, it, I just, I, I just haven't, had a great relationship with a good enough relationship with myself to receive pure and simple stuff like you know like romantic romantic relationships you know i've been in therapy now since we got home from after laughter and i still go every week i'm very fortunate that i can do that but i like the writing all of this stuff was kind of my I didn't know I was writing songs. If I mean, I know that probably seems hard to believe, but a lot of them before we got into the studio were just half songs, like things that, you know, I would just turn on my voice memo on my phone and like barely mumble through some stuff. And then I was able to sort of make sure that I was crafting it right once we were in the studio. But it, it felt... I, I mean, it's hard, it's really hard to answer your question because the days you wake up when you are feeling anything akin to heartbreak or grief, it doesn't feel, n- nothing feels real. Nothing feels real or right. And you question every move that you make. You question if you're doing something in vain. You question your all your motives and and you also just kind of question the point of anything. And so I think everyone was kind of feeling that way as it was, just the being the year that we all had. And I think knowing that was actually helpful. It was helpful to know, like, I can't be the only person feeling a bad 
feeling or something, you know, being struck with grief. But, you know, also let's, let's not forget, like there is, a, there is a group of people on this planet right now who have, have had to face the last 12 months and change under, you know, even more challenging circumstances to some degree because you're living on your own. Mm-hmm. And when you're on your own and you have your own company, I mean, you know, there's a sense of like madness attached to that if you, if you just don't have people around you and then you start going through things. Yeah. I mean, you know, w- w- what, did, what does your day entail? I mean, when you weren't making music, how are you spending that time? I made a lot of tea. I did a lot of things that were slow. (laughs) Like, I mean, I literally would like, I kind of ritualized a lot of things like that. That was a good way for me to find. I remember I did, I cannot, I still can't believe this is real at all, but I, I did an interview with Elton John for his show. Mm -hmm. And, and I was telling him like, I'm learning how to romance myself. And, and I think that that looks like a lot of different things. But for me at that particular time, it was putting on a Jessica Pratt album and like making a, a slow cup of tea and then like lighting a candle and sitting in the quiet and appreciating this beautiful music and this beautiful tea. And it's crazy. Like if you had told 17 year old, 18 year old me that that would be a sexy day in my life. Like one day I'd been, I'd have been so disappointed in myself. Yeah. But because we're young and, you know, and you just want to chase everything down and really to your point, you're running, we're all running from things, right? We're all running into, into new adventures. We're trying to create new opportunities, you know, and you forget that actually having a moment where you sit still and drink a cup of tea and smell something that's, you know, invigorating and listen to something and alert your senses is actually putting yourself back together because the the rest of it's just been a big dismantling. I think. Yeah. Oh my God. And you must do that work though. You, you must dismantle, like you have to. Yeah. And I, I love that word because I think people are becoming more familiar with it, whether for social reasons, for like, I think in religious, you, you know, like, um, like, especially here, we're in the Bible belt. Like we hear that word a lot. Like I'm dismantling my, you know, I'm kind of taking apart, deconstructing my faith. You hear it all the time. But I think those are words that they shouldn't feel so subversive. Like it's something that you got to get comfortable with. Cause I think that I'll probably be doing this. I will be untangling knots for a while, maybe the rest of Why not my the rest time, of your life? You know? Why stop? I mean, at the end Why of the not? day, if, if not a, perp- a process of discovery, what is it? Yes. I would never have learned a right or a better way to love if not for untangling some of these knots, like I, I wouldn't have, you know, one of my biggest issues is codependency and I am just, I think it must be just like, we talked about this in the first interview for pedals. Like it must be something as simple and complicated as the fact that my parents divorced at a certain age. And I just, whether it's with the band, whether it's in a relationship I glom onto where I can't see the beginning and the end of myself and the other. And that's what the song My Limb is about because I've had to, if I want to learn how to love well and better, um, and then also in turn receive a better love, and I have to like stop cutting my own limbs off just to, sp- like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, it yeah. really. I got to a point where I realized like, oh, giving up on myself would be like throwing my entire body into 
a fiery pit when I really only have like a scab on my knee, you know, I'm being like, Oh, well, that's it. I'm going to chuck that one. We'll try to start over tomorrow. Yeah. Disastrous thought, a disastrous approach to the whole thing. Everything is just one issue away from being broken. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I've only listened to the album a few times, right? And there's so much to take in on the record that is mm-hmm. because of the writing is so exceptional. But I do think that what, what you've achieved here with this album, I have to say, is is about as clear a thought process mm-hmm. in terms of what it feels like to, you know, I often say this thing, which I think probably sounds really annoying to people when they're going through heartache. I say, if you're lucky enough, oh, if man. you're lucky enough, you'll feel it. Yeah. Like, if you're lucky oh. enough, you'll get your heart broken, right? Which is the yeah. worst. I mean, I'm sure there are friends of mine who just want to punch me in the face when I've said it to them. <laughs> yeah, but I get it. But I stand by it, right? It's like to go yeah. through that, to have that experience, to feel something that visceral, if you can come mm. through the other side of it, if you can find you know, the support and the strength to do so, you know, the reward at the end mm. is just so much greater. I feel like that album represents that for you, you know, and for all of the people who will listen to it. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in that song, Good Grief, it talks about, it says, um, oh, this is the, like, this is a a good window into what exactly my head, where my head was at. Oh, this is the feeling. You can't imagine that it's real until you feel it. Oh, man, I almost went numb. Thought I had enough, but the hurt was half the fun. There it is. That, to me, it says what you're talking about. And I never really thought about it like that. That's crazy. It's just those simple observations of drawing that, that I think everyone goes through yeah. to some degree. You, you, you're the best. I, I love these conversations. You are the best. It's good to see you, Haley, as always. All right. It's so good to see you, man. Bye. I hope you enjoyed it. I always do. I mean, she's always a fantastic person to have a conversation with. Honest, transparent, and upfront and funny. The brilliant Haley Williams right here on the interview series. If you haven't yet, please add a rating or a comment and subscribe to this podcast as well. Until next week, take care.